Welcome back to the Drama Pod. My name is Rachel. And this is Anna. And we are here with special guest, Dr. Simona Bartos. Greetings. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Everybody loved our first episode with you. It was episode number 10, in case you guys want to hear the history of my mom and how she became a doctor. She's a dermatologist now with her own practice. And we're going to be asking you a bunch of skincare questions specifically myths that people believe such as does sunscreen cause skin cancer and other bizarre things that we've heard over the years so i guess i want to start out by asking you what's like the most basic skincare routine that you recommend for people with normal skin who are looking to improve texture quality brightness what's like your go-to recommendation as a simple skincare routine well the first two things that i would recommend is to always put on sunscreen in the morning and to always wash your face before going to bed. We normally counsel our patients to use a broad spectrum UVA, UVB protectant sunscreen. And now in the past couple of years, we learned that adding a tinted sunscreen helps protect you against visible light, uh, meaning the light that you are exposed to walking around uh, during the day in an overcast day and even indoors with the natural lights of your house and the computer screens. Computer screens? I didn't think about that. Interesting. Hmm. Yes, many people that suffer from melasma, which are the brown spots that we see on the cheeks and around the mouth, are pretty good about using normal sunscreen with UVA, UVB protection, but they are missing the visible light protection. So that's what the tinted sunscreen will give you. And what's so special about the tinted sunscreen? So the tinted sunscreen has a certain chemical that acts as a blocker to visible light. Okay. And do all tinted sunscreens have it? Yes. Okay. I have a question. So we know the light spectrum. Why don't we just have sunscreen that covers all of the light spectrum? Or is that just what you said? Like this one covers more, you know what I mean? Or is that like a thing? Yeah, so if you were willing to wear a cardboard on your face, you would block (laughs) all the rays coming through. Such as like good clothing will will block all the rays coming through. But to have a cosmetically pleasing... uh, You're crossing... Or you're trying to please two people. Mm -hmm. What face wash do you recommend? It really depends on your budget, but simple is okay here. So I would go with a nice brand such as Cetaphil, CeraVe, Avene over the counter, uh, which are inexpensive and they do a good job and they are not irritating. Okay, so we have the sunscreen in the morning and the face wash at night. And now let's say we want to get a little bit more complex. What's the next thing you would add to your routine? It depends on your age as well and any other medical conditions that you may have. But if you're on the younger spectrum, I would do maybe a topical antioxidant that will again protect you against uh, different insults pollutants and uh, other chemicals that you may come in contact with during the day and at night you can add a nice moisturizer maybe a retin-a which is a beautiful exfoliant that will keep your your skin young and soft and rejuvenated so what's a product an antioxidant product that you recommend one example would be uh, the skinceutical ce ferulic topical medication okay can i interject a question So I get that sunscreen is very integral, especially in South Florida, but can the argument be made that it's less integral outside of like super hot, sunny South Florida? Because I have had sun damage, but it's only been more recent. And I know that the sun is literally stronger down here. I'm not saying like to completely not do sunscreen, but is that some aspect of that true where it depends on where you are latitude wise about how important it is? Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good question. 
the closer you are to the equator, uh, the stronger the radiation will be on your skin. Also, the temperatures being hotter, you have more percentage of your skin exposed to the sun year round. So uh, it's okay. it's a dose dependent relationship. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But you recommend that everyone wear sunscreen, even if they don't go outside, right? Generally speaking, yes. So how much UV do we really get from, let's say, the fluorescent lights in an office building? Is it enough to warrant sunscreen in your opinion? If you have never had any blemishes or any conditions that you're fighting, you could probably get away with not wearing sunscreen. But if you have melasma, if you have pigmentation, if you have any medical conditions such as lupus or dermatomyositis that require a strict sun protection, then you would probably want to use it indoors as well. Mm -hmm. And what about the people who say, well, I only go to my car and I come back and it's like 30 seconds in the sun. What about those people? Do you recommend sunscreen anyway? I do. And actually, it's interesting that you say that when you look at people, when you assess their left and right side of the face, you see generally that the left side of the face is more weathered and damaged because Mm -hmm. of even that 10 minute of UV exposure. Like while driving and stuff. Yes, while driving. Yeah. And again, this is a cumulative damage. So throughout your lifetime, if you get 10 minutes every day of unprotected. um, Yeah driving, you will have the left side of your your face more weathered. Wow. Yeah, I always put the visor, like I bring the visor down and I put Mm -hmm. it to the side whenever the sun is beating on the left side so that I don't get damage. Yeah, we actually give uh, medical prescriptions to people that have these medical conditions to have a certain tint um, be applied to their car window Mm -hmm. so that it blocks UVA and UVB rays. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about, sorry, go ahead. Can you target, um, like if there's more damage on one side of the face for the other, could you target uh, a regimen that only fixes one side or is it usually like you would put the same amount on both sides regardless? You technically could if you wanted to, yeah. But it's better to just balance it out, I guess. The treatments are usually friendly and harmless, so you might as well treat your whole face. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so I want to finish off with the skincare routine, um, and then we'll come back to sunscreen. So at night, you said you would recommend a Retin-A. Now, in layman's terms, what that means to me is a product that kind of sheds your skin to the point where it's promoting cell regeneration. Is that correct? Yes, basically. So you want to accelerate your natural turnover of your skin. So if a certain cell, such as the keratinocytes in the epidermis, if it takes about 28 days for a cell to come through normally and be shed, we want to speed up that process. So we want new cells to come in faster so that the old ones can go away. So you're, you have fresher skin faster. Mm-hmm. So could the argument be made protect better so that you don't have to also regenerate faster or is it just better to have both? like the protection and the regeneration? Ideally, we, we should be able to protect well enough where we are quite perfect and we don't need okay. any tune-up. But, but we, don't we all know world. that, yeah. you know, none of us have a perfect routine. And even with a good sun protection in the morning, for example, some rays still get through. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, or you're at the beach for three hours, your sunblock wears yeah. off and you're having fun. Or Life other, is not perfect. Yeah. Or other pollutants. Like what are some other pollutants that can cause skin irritation or blemishes besides the rays of the sun? Yeah, the next biggest offender is actually smoking. Oh. And unfortunately, many young people now smoke more than in our previous generation. Really? Yeah, so that's one of the worst things you can do for your skin. Uh, smoking constricts your blood vessels. So as 
we we know i think everybody knows that it's very detrimental for heart health for strokes heart attacks diabetes but in a similar fashion it constricts blood vessels to the skin so that the skin dies off faster mm. so you see a person that smokes that has this leathered kind of dry uh, wrinkled appearance mm -hmm. they look older than their age so yeah. smoking is the next worst thing that you can what do. about vaping <laughs> I mean, it depends what you're vaping, right? What What's the substance? So is it, it it's like very the broad. actual smoke in the air or is it something to do with the tobacco or is it both? It's a tobacco. Really? Mm -hmm. in, so your, it's, in your system or in the air? Like, is it the smoke or is it the like ingestion? Because it's, it's the blood that's constricting. Right. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the nicotine that is being absorbed in your system okay. that causes secondary vasoconstriction. Okay. So if you're vaping a tobacco product... It would cause the same effect. Correct. That's yeah. so interesting because yeah. a lot of kids are vaping now. Yeah, unfortunately. And also, yeah. there's like the wrinkles yeah. around your mouth too I for like smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing though, too, that people have like smoking lips, right? Well, it's like drinking through a straw, right? You drink and then your lips get pursed. Yeah, that actually turns out to be a bit of a myth. Really? Um, yeah, the smokers' lines. Okay. Because many people that don't smoke get them as well. Okay. So there's no data. Yeah, it's it's confusing because uh, we see it in a lot of people that don't smoke. Okay. So yeah, I'm currently using the Skin Better Defense Serum. Is that an antioxidant product? That's correct. Okay, so I use that in the morning, and by the name of it, I know that it defends me against pollutants and stuff. So I wear that under my sunscreen. Uh, going back to the sunscreen, is it better to wear SPF 150, or is there a certain threshold of SPF that you like to see? So we shied away recently from the high SPFs. So we don't recommend anything higher than 50 uh, because the higher the number goes, the less likely you are to know exactly what protection you're using. So as long as it's an SPF of 50 broad spectrum that you like the feel and consistency and you will use every day, we're happy with that. Right. It's better to use a lower SPF and use it consistently than have a big milky creamy one that you hate and it turns your face white so you never wear it, you know? Yeah. And the other caveat is to put a good amount on. Many people actually put too little mm -hmm. uh, because they don't like the the feel and the consistency so again we're going back to find one that you like so you can put a good amount on that you can live with so how much is like a good amount like a pea size a quarter size more than a quarter just put enough to be able to cover your entire face so maybe a finger breadth worth of product so for me someone who like absolutely hates sunscreen the way <laughs> i have compromised with it is that i'm like i'll put the nice fancy stuff on that's like not annoying to wear in the morning and i'll put the appropriate amount on right and i don't really feel it and that's like fine but I know when I go outside and run, I have to put more on. Or you've told me that, I should say. I didn't know that inherently. And so then I'm like willing to compromise. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I can be uncomfortable for this a little bit of time for me to like have the ability to go out and run. But it's like, I wouldn't put the sticky, like really thick stuff on all day, obviously. Mm -hmm. But that's like my little compromise to myself. I'm like, nice stuff in the morning. Don't even feel it. <laughs> well, and then for I'm a, like, for an event. Up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then at night I'm like, I look I look horrible when I run, but I don't care. I'm just right. like, I'm and acceptable. Yeah, you're sweaty, yeah. you're in the mood, you're in the mood, yeah. you're, you're I, I literally look like a ghost though. Yeah, Anna sent us a picture. Her, She was just finishing a run. Her face was ghost white because oh, yeah. she used like some thick sunscreen. And I don't wipe it because you told me not to wipe it. So you I have these little so like, proud. I have, oh, I got to show you some pictures. They're funny. And I have like beads of sweat all over my face. I like have to go hide at, at the park after I finish running because I'm like, I look crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm okay with it. Though, but your I'm, like, skin looks safe. flawless. Exactly. But that's my compromise, at least to listeners. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I do the extra when I'm like, I guess maybe I would do it too if I were going to the beach, like something where I'm extremely outside. Yeah. Okay. So going back to the skincare routine, a Retin-A is good at night. Now, Retin-A is a brand name, right? Yeah, so the generic would be a retinol. Retinol. Or retinoic acid. Okay. Yeah. Anything in that family. What do you feel about over-the-counter retinols? Do you think that they're good to start out, but that you need to move to a prescription pretty quickly? Because I know a lot of people are using over-the-counter retinols. In your opinion, should they be using that long-term or should they move on? Again, uh, depending on your specific needs, if you have a very sensitive eczema-prone skin, it's better to use the over-the-counter ones because they're more more mild. Uh, however, if you have a normal skin intolerance, you should use the highest strength retinol that you can tolerate. So it's recommended to move up the ladder uh, to the prescription ones, which is the 0. 0.025, 0.05, and 0. 0.1 uh, as tolerated. Mm-hmm. And do you recommend, how do they get their hands on that? Um, you would have to see a physician to prescribe it for you. Any physician? Generally, yeah. So even like their primary care? Correct. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to go to a dermatologist? Correct, yeah. Okay. Do you recommend that everyone go to a dermatologist? If you have a lot of moles, if you have a family history of cancer, if you have a mole that's changing or it's hurting you, it's recommended to be screened at least once a year. If you get a good physical exam and there's nothing to worry about, you can skip a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a good idea to get a physical to get started and then kind of be told where you're at and what your specific prescription should be. Mm-hmm. So what is your skincare routine? Yeah, so in the morning, I only wash my face with water because I don't think you need to be too aggressive. You can remove too much of your oils. So our natural producing oils are obviously great for us. Mother Nature knew, you know, what we need. Uh, So I just wash my face with water. I put on my antioxidant that I'm using at the time. This At this point, I'm using the CE Ferulic. Then I put a moisturizer on. At this point, again, I'm using the Elastin, which I love. It's Mm -hmm. my my new favorite brand. Then I brush my teeth. I walk around a little bit to kind of let everything set in. And then I use the Elastin sunscreen as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I leave the house and I actually put on my makeup at work. By that time, everything has settled in, has gone into my skin, and I apply foundation and the rest of my makeup. Mm -hmm. And at night? At night, I wash my face with a Cetaphil wash. Again, it's very gentle and inexpensive. I put on my Retin-A and I use a heavier night cream from SkinCeuticals. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. So nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. No ice rolling, gua sha. (laughs) Have you heard of that? (laughs) No. So that's one of the questions submitted. So gua sha, I I could be saying this wrong, but it's basically like a stone that's curved to fit like the jawline of your face. And you take the stone and you like rub it and it's supposed to like contour the face and like release inflammation, help with puffiness. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess in theory, cold things would do that. No, this but one, like... I don't think this one's cold. So that's different from ice rolling. Ice rolling is when you have like a roller, you put it in the freezer, you take it out in the morning, you write, uh, you roll your face with it. And again, it's for the inflammation and the, the puffiness. I mean, any mechanical pressure will improve puffiness momentarily. But then we have to ask ourselves why we get the puffiness. 
Did we eat too much salt the day before? Are we sleeping upside down? <laughs> Are we hungover? Uh, what causes so much puffiness? So yes, you can put ice on an injured knee, but maybe you should try not to injure your knee next time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a big fan of mechanical things to relieve a problem to be used daily. Yeah. Because I feel like you're missing the point by not addressing the problem. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're hurtful or do you think that you could do it or not do it doesn't really matter? I don't think they're hurtful, but mm -hmm. I think you may be wasting your time and money. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of a self-care thing. It feels good. It's like enjoyable. Yeah, it's like getting a massage. Yeah. If it feels good for you and it's worth the money for you, you should do it. But mm -hmm. I can't recommend it. Okay. So Anna, if you feel open to sharing, what was your skincare <laughs> routine prior to <laughs> prior to you going to see my mom? How for... prior to me ever meeting you guys? Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Yeah. I remember the first time it was my cousin was getting married and we were getting our makeup done for the wedding and the person doing the makeup was like, all right, we'll go put your like moisturizer on first before um, we do the makeup or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm good to go. She's like, what do you mean? She's <laughs> like, I don't do, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So nothing up until 22 years of life. No sunscreen, no nothing. No, I maybe put sunscreen on if I went to the beach. Never on my face either. Not like on a daily basis though. No, like okay. sometimes when I went to the sometimes. beach, I put sunscreen on. <laughs> yes. But not on her face. Yeah. But not on your face. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. On like, uh, I don't know. Her shoulders. Shoulders. The shoulders. <laughs> exactly. Probably whatever you are when you're little. I only really thought I should do it because I was like, everyone else is doing this. So I probably should. Like everyone else has their face moisturized, but it's like, whatever. So I started doing that, I guess, just because I felt obligated. I wasn't down here though. So my face was like, that's why I'm asking about the strength of the sun because I wasn't really doing anything like, and it was still fine or I didn't notice anything I should say. And I didn't grow up with like acne problems that much. So then I moved down here to South Florida and the sun was apparently super strong. And also I would run right after work into the sun so it was like a mm -hmm. i was asking for it kind of thing and then i started to get like bad sun damage to my face i guess the word is melasma or whatever at first i didn't really notice it that much until one time when i got out of the pool swimming and it was like really really bad and i was like this is bad and i was like really stressed too so i did actually have some like acne and stuff going on as well mm -hmm. so then i saw the old dr bartos at her house that was my first stop this is pre-office opening up she just wrote me down a list of things to do and i followed it religiously so, so uh what was on the list was this the things we mentioned before you know yeah. sun protection wash your face use a retinol yeah it pretty much matched it's her start. Uh, routine the only thing i would add or at least i'm doing right now in addition to what she said is uh like an antibiotic that i'm still on which which is for acne for acne. yeah exactly mm -hmm. so yeah and and to your defense uh teenagers and young people don't need a lot of moisturizing because okay. you have a lot of oils and hormones you know production of sebum so you you're, you don't have dry skin so you don't need to moisturize that much so you didn't need that growing okay. up wow but just a cleanser and yeah sun protection i mean i wash my face in like the shower and i shower daily i guess so <laughs> i'm going for you that was about it so um, are you happy with your results yes for sure and it's interesting because it's one of those things where like you didn't notice like when people start saying like oh you look good you lost weight you're like was i fat before it was like the same thing when like i was home and people were like your face is really cleared up and i was like mm -hmm. thank you and like, it was why like, didn't you say anything earlier I, I was like hanging out with someone too last week when i was home who it's like a friend who is a guy um but he actually commented on it and that was like the funniest thing to me because it was like the last thing that he like it, it must be super noticeable if he noticed kind of thing mm -hmm. it's my thought and i was like okay this is i felt really good about it so it's a thing yeah yeah it's it, what we it talked about and that's yeah. the thing we talked about it too when i was at the doctors where it was like 
I didn't want to be perfect by any means. Like I don't want to go do extra things, but you just don't want to have to think about it. That's like all I really care about. So like now I don't have to wear makeup, which is all I really wanted to mm, do. Yeah. I don't feel like you never really have to, I guess, but I don't feel the need to. Yeah, and that's really the, the beauty of dermatology. And that's where I position myself too to give you a skin that you can walk around bare or with minimal makeup yeah. and you still feel okay. The idea is to not have to think about your face. When yeah. you forget about your face, you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking about your life, your friends, your activities, but you're not obsessed about a pimple or a brown spot. Yeah. And I'm a big promoter of it too, I will say, because A, people ask me, so then I talk about it. And like, even right before this, actually, someone texted me and that's was asking about the chemical peel versus long-term. And she was like, my sister wants to get the chemical peel, but I was asking like what you do because I had told them what I did. And I think a lot of people think it's like this instant thing. And I was like, no, I mean, I've just been doing it, it for- months, I remember. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. I've just been, which I guess that's a question I have too. Like, is there a difference? Because like I did the slow way mostly just because I wanted to. And also I didn't want to have to do like the five days in a row of not being able to run, which is my interpretation of the chemical peel where you can't go outside and I was wondering if there's a difference between like the slow burner approach that I took and also a follow-up question too I feel like having the habits of having to do the long one also made it more ingrained in me to wear sunscreen each day versus like pain getting something done instantly and then like probably keep doing that every year because you're not really building the long-term habits yeah it's the same idea as going on a crash diet versus okay, yeah. you know cleaning up your normal everyday diet okay so you can go on a 30-day fast and you'll lose weight, but you'll be starving and unhappy. Or you can change a bad habit and every day eat better and maintain and build for the rest of your life. But in, I guess in theory, though, you could do like the instant one and then like... So then what protect. is the instant a series of chemical peels or what? Yeah, you can do a series of chemical peels. You can do lasers and things like that, but they're much more expensive and there's downtime. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason that a young person with small blemishes should spend that kind of money and be so impatient. If it took you three years to get to where you're at you know, give me three months and yeah. we'll clear your face. So it's a relationship. Whenever a person comes to the dermatologist, I want to bring them on the journey and I want to walk with them Yeah. because it's not an overnight fix. You set up the expectation properly and you walk them through it. And in the process, they gain your trust and you, you, you teach them better habits. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I remember, I mean, like you said, it's not immediate results, but it's definitely immediate reactions in terms of like when I first, I can't remember whatever it was, the stuff I was putting on the top of my face at the time, but it was like shedding it like appropriately. But yeah, and I would see also like if a pimple would start to appear, all of a sudden like that night it would be it dried specifically around there. It was like <laughs> mm -hmm. the craziest thing. Like, you know, it works, but to see it work yeah. was like so phenomenal to me. I was like, this is like instant feedback. It was so cool. So just to emphasize the two biggest game-changing products are sunscreen and a form of retinol. The retinol is the one that sheds your skin. We recommend it for everyone unless you have sensitive skin. And a common complaint is that it's very irritating, especially in the beginning. I know for me and Anna, our faces shed a lot for the first few weeks and it can be kind of discouraging. Oh, see, I thought that was cool. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, this is like, I actually forgot. I was like, I probably should care about this. Like when I go out in public, but to me, I was like, this is proof of work. She would come like, to the gym <laughs> with like a, uh, she would look like a snake skin yeah, on her but face. I was like, it's working. This is cool. We should be happy about yeah. this. Also, so like, how long, home. how long 
do you think people should stick it out? Because I know for me, it actually took like a few months. Yeah, it can be very discouraging. And actually, many people stop using it and they say, oh, I'm allergic to it or I can't tolerate it. But the way we coach you through it is to say, start using it once a week only. Then in a couple of weeks, go to twice a week and three times a week until you slowly build it up to every day. If you still cannot tolerate it, then you do what we call the sandwich, where you put a moisturizer on first, then you put your retinol and then the moisturizer again. Mm -hmm. So you sandwich the medication in between moisturizer. Mm -hmm. So that way your skin gets used to it. Uh, And in a matter of uh, a couple of weeks, you'll you'll get used to the medication, you'll be able to tolerate it. And it's very important to wear sunscreen when you're on a retinol because you're more sensitive to the sun, right? A little bit, yes. Okay. All right. So I want to read some submissions of skincare myths that people have been believing. Let's go with the most dangerous one. And I know someone, several people, <laughs> will, will not who, will not be, who will not be named, who believe strongly that skins, uh, <laughs> that sunscreen causes skin cancer and does not prevent it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an absolute myth. There's zero evidence for that. A couple of years ago in the media, there were a few reports that using certain types of uh, chemical sunscreen is harmful potentially to the coral reefs. And as a result, the legislature in Hawaii banned certain uh, types of sunscreens. But there's no proof of harm to humans. So that's an absolute myth. And does sunscreen help in preventing skin cancer? Yes. And is there proof against that? A thousand percent. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Glad we got that one out of the way. Wait, I have a question. Are you a believer? I'm a believer, but I have an adaptation question. On which side? Of the skin cancer. (laughs) Well, I believe in sunscreen. But this is my understanding of how cancer occurs, right? So we have like the nucleus and it gets damaged of a cell. And so the whole point is we don't want to damage the DNA because that's cancerous. So when you go out in the sun, you get darker because melanin is surrounding the nucleus. And so as you go outside, it's like building up and then there's a threshold where it can no longer do that. The sun's penetrating cancer. Is there an argument that like how you can adapt, you could become stronger with muscles, et cetera, et cetera. Could you like train your skin? <laughs> I guess, I mean like, I because I know like if you get a tan, it's not necessarily like a damage because I'm like, in my mind, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Like it is increasing the melanin to protect the skin. But I know there's also a threshold. So the idea is like default to protect. Yeah. So I would say that's a mostly false statement. Yes. The increase in melanin is a protective mechanism against aggressive damage from the UV rays, but we should not get more melanin to get more protection okay. because the melanin happens as a result of damage. Any, okay. any level of tan is bad. Correct. There's any no, level. there's no healthy protective tan. Correct. Okay. So, okay. Now the, the caveat being dark, darker skin individuals have more protection because they naturally yeah. have more melanin, but they are not getting the melanin because of exposure, but yeah. because God gave them more melanin. Yeah. I didn't know if it was similar to like, you are technically tearing and destroying your muscles when you build muscles, but that's like a good thing because then it says, oh, we need to grow mm-hmm. more here. No, okay. I would so not I recommend there was, that. Yeah. There's also no way to titrate to know how exactly. much is that's enough. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So you just default to yeah. like protect. Fake tan. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> 
That's a good question, Anna. I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> I never actually thought of that. That never crossed my mind. Well, I think about it because, like, I do get darker. Like, now I'm darker because it's sunnier. But I don't think it's bad in terms of, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not burning. So there must be the appropriate level that's protecting. No, actually, uh, UV exposure is cumulative throughout your lifetime. So it doesn't just default. So with yeah. every increment, you are destroying collagen and okay. mutating genes. Yeah. Okay, so a question about pores. Someone asked how to like clear up your pores and keep them clear. Do those little pore strips work, the ones where you put them on your nose and you peel them off? Or what's your long-term solution to minimizing pores? So you really cannot minimize pores. It's a physical structure that is the way it is, and you can't remodel it, basically. Wow. You can keep it clean and you can keep it exfoliated to minimize the appearance of the pores. Exfoliating so, with chemical exfoliators or physical? Both. Mechanical, chemical, medical. The strips work by removing the dirt that's inside the pores. Mm -hmm. But it's a temporary fix. So your pores will be your pores. Mm -hmm. You can just change the appearance of them. So exfoliating physically, do you recommend scrubbing your face with a sugar scrub or do you even recommend exfoliating? I am okay with maybe a once a week gentle exfoliator, yes. Okay. But the better way to exfoliate is chemically, not mechanically. With a retinol? With, yes. Okay. What about like a diet? Does that affect this as well? I'm thinking like grease. In my mind, I think like pores and greasy and I think like potato mm -hmm. chips <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's the train of thought Don't for me rub them on yeah, your face. Like, yeah i think that's what i think like you touch your face after you eat greasy food or whatever i don't know if it's actually a yeah so it. we have a couple of signals from the the studies done over the many years vis-a-vis -vis acne we know that consuming low-fat milk is the one signal that will give you more acne. And studies are mixed when it comes to sugar. Some studies show that sugar makes acne worse. Some do not show that correlation. But besides these two factors, we don't really see any specific food items causing specific skin issues. Okay. So instead of, instead of low-fat milk, you recommend whole fat? Correct. Interesting. And cheese is okay. So <laughs> Good only, to know. low-fat milk, <laughs> yes. At what age should people start using retinol? I would say in your 20s, it's okay to start. Mm -hmm. It's more of a preventative, kind of staying ahead of the game. Oh, here's one. I have a lot of my friends ask me a lot of questions. I'm trying to remember what they've asked me about you guys. So thoughts on preventative Botox. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it just a social stigma? I don't know. So it's not bad. It's expensive. And it depends on how aggressive you want to be. If you are starting to have some lines, they will become permanent. It's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. So my first advice is try to relax, use your words, not so much your facial expressions. Mm -hmm. So you don't train your muscles to be so strong and so aggressive. That being said, many of us, you know, do the best we can. Uh, but if you are seeing those lines, they will become permanent. So when is it a good time to start whenever the lines start bothering you. I guess I'm confused on the permanence of the lines because I thought you could get it when you're older and like stretch it out essentially to remove the lines. Yeah, so that's a myth actually. Um, so we have two kinds of lines. We have expression lines and we have permanent lines. Expression lines is what you have when you lift your eyebrows in the mirror and you have the wrinkles and when you relax, they go away. Those are just expression when you look at your mother or grandmother, they have lines that do not go away when they relax. Those are permanent lines. 
once the lines become permanent, they're almost impossible to remove. So the idea of preventative Botox is to start just early enough mm -hmm. before the expression lines become permanent lines. And at what age do you typically see that start to happen? It's usually in your 30s. Depending, the whiter you are, the earlier it starts. The more pigment you have, the darker you are, the better you age. Hmm. Okay. I'm team show emotions, have the wrinkles, but just for the, the people listening. <laughs> well, I am team uh, preventative Botox. As you guys know, I did get a session of Botox in my forehead for my, what is it? The, what is it? The anger lines? You're angry. <laughs> Got a lot of anger emotions. The 11 lines? <laughs> yeah. And then the forehead. Uh, so I can still move. I just uh, wanted to prevent the lines from being permanent. And also, I do make a conscious effort to not raise my eyebrows a lot. And I often tell uh, my brother, because he's very expressionful, and he's always raising his eyebrows. And I tell him, just relax your forehead, dude, because you're going to get wrinkles. And uh, oh, See, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with emoting strongly and having wrinkles, I think. But that's fine. All right, let's see yeah. in 30 oh, years. No, I, I guess I'm okay with looking old when I'm older, I guess, to, with the benefit of having emotions on my face. But I also have emotions on my face. Well, I have more. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, uh, are you against it morally? No, no. I have no, like, nothing against it. I mean, honestly, the biggest reason why I wouldn't would be cost. Like, right. if there's mm -hmm. stuff I can do naturally to keep myself healthy, like, sunscreen. Then yeah. Yeah. But like something like that, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to do that. It's not, I just, I don't care enough to do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. What actually bothers most people is when they get those angry lines between their eyebrows. Um, because people ask them, hey, are you okay? Are you mad? Are you angry? And what you're not, you just look angry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so like affecting my life. Yeah. So people want to look the way they feel. Yeah. And not, not show a different expression. Yeah. Okay. So a couple questions about eye cream. Number one, does eye cream really work? And number two, can we apply normal sunscreen around the eye or do we need a fancy one? I would say that's mostly false. I would say that for a normal person with normal needs, the cream should be the same. The face cream should be able to go around the eyes. I don't think that you have to spend and invest a, in a special cream for the eyes. Including like moisturizing and sunscreen? Correct. What do you mean okay. like around the eyes? Like here? So yeah, a lot of people... I put a sunscreen lot of, there. Oh, well, I you mean, should. I like go as close as I can, but yeah, it's fine. most of the time I feel like no, it's covered. Yeah, there. like a lot of people buy special eye creams to cover like the, oh. the recession of the eye. So like, I don't know, half an inch down to the whole eyelid. Yeah, so the skin around the eyes is a little more sensitive. It's thinner and it doesn't have the bony structure that we have on the cheek, for example. But that being said, if you don't have any specific needs or specific diseases that you're treating, you should be able to use the same creams. Mm -hmm. Okay, so th basically the idea is if let's say someone has $500 and they want to spend it on an eye cream, what in place of the eye cream would you recommend that they spend that money on? I would say get a little bit of Botox in the wrinkles and maybe an energy a treatment such as a laser or a Morpheus. On the eye? Right. Okay. Instead of spending the $500 on an expensive eye cream, I would get a medicated cream and an energy treatment. Right. Because an eye cream, if it's not medicated, essentially it's just a moisturizer. So why spend more than $10 on any moisturizer that's not medicated? Right. Basically, yes. Okay. Here's a very generic one, but I think a lot of people believe it. Using chemicals is bad and natural is good as a concept in general. What is natural? Well, I mean, cocaine is natural. Yeah, Should we <laughs> get some? Right. So like if you can't read the ingredient on the bottle, it's bad for you. Something like that. 
again, it's a matter of definition. I don't think many natural things are good. Black holes being sucked into a black hole, hurricanes, uh, poison ivy, roaches, you know, mm -hmm. all of these things are natural, but they're not desirable. So no, th that argument doesn't, doesn't stand on its own. It mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. I feel like if you're going to draw the line there, then I would ask, are you anti-modern medicine in general? Like, do you right. not do, like, think about the robotics of a surgery. Like, that's very highly Unnatural. modern. And exactly. Yeah. And, like, complicated. I feel like the question is, is simple better than complex? Yeah, and I think that the same people who believe that also believe the, uh, the sunscreen myth, that sunscreen, because it's unnatural and it's a chemical, it's bad for your, it seeps right. into your skin, it's bad for the baby, it's, you know, right. all these things. Until they come in with skin cancers. Yeah, and then yeah. they're asking for the instant chemical peel <laughs> to get it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, simple is better. Fewer chemicals is better, which makes natural sense. But that being said, we shouldn't use refrigerators. We should keep the food yeah. naturally outside and throw it out every 24 hours, right? Yeah, so then in introduce preservatives. But pre yeah, there's like pros and cons for each, but yes. Right. Does using the same product for a long time make it less effective? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Um, we have very elegant studies to show that that's not uh, the case at all. We doctors, we used to believe that actually, uh, because we have a lot of patients with eczema and psoriasis to whom we give topical steroids, which is the holy grail for these conditions. And we tell them to use them every day. And patients come back three months later and they say, oh, the cream stopped working, doctor. It's, it's not working for me anymore. I think I got used to it and I need something else. But what happens in reality, which studies show people got better from using the cream and they, they stopped. stopped using the cream yeah, and wow. the condition came back. Mm -hmm. So when by the time they come back to us, they are flaring again and they're using it sometimes and they think that the cream is not working anymore. So we designed very nice studies where we would count how many times a person opens the bottle, for example, and we would see at what point the disease flares when they open the bottle fewer and fewer times. Wow. So it shows that it's lack of use that led to regression, not the failure of the medication. Okay, two questions for that. One, I let's say I'm on the same, this is random number, but like 0.1 level of retinol that dries out your skin and sheds it. I obviously saw more shedding at the beginning mm -hmm. and then I continued to use it, but there was less shedding. So that's not adaptation. That's just my skin getting better, but it's not adapting you're saying right it's, it's adaptation but not in a negative way okay, so you have shed no off, longer there you have okay. shed off the old dry skin and now you're at a normal new rate okay. rate of turnover so you don't need to shed so much anymore because you're turning it over appropriately Regularly. okay second question though like the idea of like upregulation of drug dosage because that's how you technically get addicted to something right like so you get used to it you, your body adapts upregulation and then you need more mm -hmm. at a higher dosage mm-hmm so I guess I'm asking, like, there is a difference between certain things that you, because you do get, you do adapt to some medications, correct? Or drugs. Yes, when we talk about narcotics specifically, yes, okay. you need more to get the same effect. Okay. But it doesn't apply to the items that we mentioned today, mm -hmm. retinol, okay. sunscreen, uh, antibiotics, or any of the conditions we mentioned. Because of, like, the physiological things that they're acting There's upon? There's no tolerance. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is putting collagen in your drinks and protein shakes worth it? There is some data to show that some collagen in your diet can be beneficial. I personally don't do it yet. I have not done enough research or seen enough data to be convinced personally. There's some studies that are showing some benefit. Mm -hmm. Does an oily face mean you're not getting enough water? No. 
Sunscreen causes blocked pores and acne. It can. Uh, there are different products that are more comedogenic than others, depending on many factors. How is your skin to begin with? How much oil you're producing? What else you're putting on your skin? How well you're washing it at the end of the day and all of that. What's a low level, like a low tier cost-effective sunscreen that's non-common, non-degetic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Neutrogena and La Roche-Posay are a good starting point. Mm -hmm. And Elta MD is another good one. Yeah, that becomes a little bit more expensive. Yeah. It's very elegant and very beautiful on the skin mm -hmm. but now you're in the slightly more pricey range yeah pimples to pop or not to pop not to pop why as you pop you push the bacteria inside and also you spread the bacteria around the pimple so you have higher chances of getting new cysts in the vicinity mm -hmm. and also scarring right yeah the scarring happens anyways mm -hmm. but you're more likely to get newer pimples Yeah. And I noticed that when I do pop a pimple, it often bleeds and causes a scab, which is not good for scarring versus letting the pimple kind of die down on its own, which takes maybe a few days longer. But I often don't have a red dot on my face for the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's my personal experience. I've learned not to pop. Yeah. Um, a good esthetician or a good dermatologist can pop them properly, especially the big juicy ones, mm -hmm. and express them safely. But at home, mostly no. Drinking lots of water isn't necessarily going to fix the skin. Yes, it will keep you hydrated, but not fix the skin. I agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys know how I feel about water, but... I think you should drink just enough, whatever that means for you. Mm -hmm. But if you have dry skin and you're trying to fix it by drinking water, it's not going to work. Right. Because very little water gets to the skin from the inside. Interesting. Does toothpaste help pimples? What? Like on it? Yeah, you never heard that? Like to put toothpaste on a pimple? Oh, there's stuff you can put on pimples to like dry it out, right? Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, I like guess that's the idea. One? To draw it out. I haven't seen that used in the 21st century, so... You don't use that sure. as a regular routine? <laughs> I've got a question. Yeah. What do you say to the person who's... They've done it all, you know, they've done the Accutane twice and they still have not work. And because I have a friend in this situation and she's like, done it. We I'm know, you, we all know. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, not I'm just like a, a walking friend. billboard for you now. And so people ask me and they want to know. And so everyone's we like, need to start I must giving have you. the skin secrets. I, I, want, I, I want percentage of that. I, I'm sending them your way right now. I have a lot of friends. I'm like, come down here and visit and I will send you to her. Like, we she can knows also all. do virtual visits. Good to know, That's everyone listening to this right now. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that they're like, you know, I've done it all. Where do I start? But in this particular example, it is I have done Accutane twice. I have done it all. I just like, they do it well too. Like they're not like skipping out on stuff. How do you, because I thought like that was the end all be all, you know, And they Accutane. got acne again? Yeah. Hmm. After the second one or whatever. Yeah. It's very rare. About 90% of the people are cured after the first run of Accutane. So I would probably say to be maintaining on a good topical regimen, to have a medicated wash, a topical medication in the morning, and another wash and medication at night. So what I'm gathering from this conversation, which I am pro, is that a lot of this seems like it's just like exercise. It's just the small daily, like mm -hmm. once you've, yeah, maybe there's an issue and then you solve it. And then after that, it's just maintenance. Correct. Mm -hmm. It's the same as your weight and diet. Yeah. Also, you have to find the recipe that works for you. It's the boring things that add up pretty mm. much. Okay, let me tell you guys my skincare routine because I, <laughs> because I didn't. And um, I don't think we talked about acne at all. So in the morning, I wash my face with Cetaphil face wash. 
and then I put on Cetaphil moisturizer. I go about my day, I get my coffee, get ready. And then like you, once it settles in, I put on my La Roche-Posay like SPF 56 uh, sunscreen. Then I put on my foundation and the rest of my makeup. Sometimes I use the defense serum. I kind of try to do maybe a few times a week to kind of like spread it out because it's expensive <laughs> and then at night i take my makeup off with my cellar water i wash my face with the skin better oxygen infused face wash that you gave me <laughs> it's a fancy one and then i put on cetaphil moisturizer again and then i okay this is where i kind of alternate my stuff so i have a tretinoin which is a retinol uh, prescription 0.1 i do that about two to four times a week depending on how consistent i want to be and then i alternate that with the skin better alpha ret night cream which has a special ingredient that i don't know the name of but it's really helped clear up my redness in my so skin. in alpha ret, we have alpha hydroxy acid and retinoic acid. Okay, that's the key. Let's say I'm like the week before my period is when I usually break out. I will load up on my acne medications at night, which are Axone. Um, I have a salicylic acid cream. I have a clindamycin. I have a benzoyl peroxide. I have a, all the wow, things from you. <laughs> yeah, but recently my favorite is Axone. It's a prescription. It's very gentle, and I really feel that it works. So that's my nighttime thing. It's fantastic. Is it Thanks. better to be reactive, though, like pre-period you, or versus like always doing it? Does that make sense? Again, if she does this and it works for her, that's the least amount of product that she needs to use. If yeah. she was broken out all the time, they would be, it would be better to use it every day. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite over-the-counter wash for someone with acne is it the neutrogena salicylic acid is it the benzoyl peroxide what's like if someone was going to cvs now to buy a new wash what, what would they yeah, get i like the panoxyl 10 percent. i would use that in the morning and the neutrogena salicylic acid at night okay is it bad to shave your face as a woman no is there any benefits to shaving your face? Because I've seen that's happening now. It's a thing. Yes. Uh, it actually exfoliates and keeps the skin young. Wow. So if you see, if you look at a guy who is maybe a middle-aged white guy, like the upper portion of his face is much more Asian than the lower portion, which he shaves, you know, probably every day. Uh, and it exfoliates every day. Wow. So mechanical exfoliation, such as shaving, will keep the skin young as well. Does chocolate really cause acne? Not really. I guess, like you said earlier, there are there's some evidence that sugar may be correlated. So I guess it would be the sugar in the acne, in the but chocolate. But even those signals are very inconsistent. So we do not recommend chocolate avoidance or, or glucose avoidance in general. Mm -hmm. Unless you specifically say, every time I eat chocolate, I get a breakout. If a normal teenager comes in, we say, eat healthy for the sake of health, but we can't specifically say that it's better for acne. Mm -hmm. Here's a myth. Acne will go away once you're an adult. Hopefully. Um, but we have many adults with adult acne, especially women that have the hormonal acne that happens on the chin and lower jaw. That's exacerbated around the time of the period. So mm. it's more hormonal than teenager related. Do you think it's hereditary or is it like dietary? Is it just personal? I don't think that it's hereditary. We don't really have a lot of indications for that. Hmm. Do you think that if we could see footage from like the 1800s or even earlier, like in the Stone Age, do you think people would have struggled with acne? Of course. 
because it's I think there's thing. this big like agenda going on where we're so bad now in the 21st century. We're so like non-organic. It's the dairy, it's the gluten, it's all this, all that. And that's why we have acne. I've heard that a lot. And it just, it's shameful. Like it makes everyone feel shame for just being alive at this yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, we need to look at things objectively. Um, when we take specific indicators of health and, and lifespan, for example, a hundred years ago, people used to live to the age of 50 and 60. Now we live to the age of 80. Uh, we don't die of influenza and infections and malaria and dysentery anymore. So we are healthier, happier and living longer. These are objective indicators of health. So I think we have to separate the emotional gut feeling from data. That's good. And you look, you look at your picture and your mother's picture and your grandmother's picture, and you see that the women in their 50s now look like they used to look when they were 30. Mm -hmm. You know, we are healthy, we work out, we protect our skin and our bodies, and we prevent many, many illnesses. Mm -hmm. um, so it's hard to make the opposite argument, I think. You have any myths from your friends? I'm trying to think. The Botox one was a big one. So that's, they're going to love that. Yeah. Another myth about Botox, if I could interject, yeah. is that the more you do it, the more you will need. So you become, quote unquote, addicted to it. And that's actually the opposite of what's happening. Right. So the more you do it, the less you need. In what sense? You heal the lines that have been maybe semi-permanent and you unlearn the habit of raising your eyebrows, for example. So you need less and less Botox because now you have fewer wrinkles because mm -hmm. you heal them and you have unlearned the habit by paralyzing the muscles. So personally, myself, I get Botox only every six months instead of every three months because I learned how to relax and I'm okay with having some movement and some lines instead of needing more and more. Yeah, my only counter is... Before you looked one way, after you looked another, and now you are addicted, and that you always another have to look myth, that way. Another <laughs> so. myth, actually. Cosmetics done well should not be visible. Okay, that, that goes back to our like you want to yeah. look normal is normal. like the thought. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say I learned because I thought post when like my prescription stuff ran out, I would just be like done, and I would probably go to like for sure sunscreen and moisturizer. But I'm learning. I'm like, oh, I should probably keep up the retinol, which mm -hmm. I have to check which one that even is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then whatever the other one that started with an A too, Axone. Axone. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the one I was talking about. Yeah, you don't. Oh, we're, we're on the same regimen then. I don't. I can give you actual details if you want. <laughs> no, it's a whole thing. I wash my hands probably like five times in the morning. It's actually yeah. really annoying. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's actually the really annoying thing. I've gone through soap so fast because I have to wash my fingers in between. <laughs> Why do you have to wash your fingers? Because I freak out. Like, Wait, I only wash my hands after my foundation. Like I do my sunscreen and I go straight. I walk out of bed get out of bed right do the normal face wash just cetaphil mm -hmm. fresh in the morning same That's saying hello to the world right and then the next one is the over-the-counter face wash which i think is redundant in addition to the cetaphil but i'm still doing it just because it's on the well, list of things the to name do. of it it starts with a p Paroxysm? No, paroxysm. No, that's medicated, so it's different from the Cetaphil. So you need that you, one. You can skip the Cetaphil. That's my thought, but the I, Cetaphil now does it's nothing, like part yeah. of I think. But that, to me, as soon as it's like medicated, I'm like, gotta wash my hands. Gotta. But like, if it's be safe clear. enough to go on your face, it's safe enough to this be is on just your what's hands. Okay, so then what? So then I have the. Well, then I need that to dry before I do anything else, right? So I right. wash my fingers. I go read my wash Bible my in between. <laughs> yeah. In between, like, chapters, I go back into the bathroom now. It's a process. Oh, my. In between chapters? Yeah, like, like I, it's, oh. like, dried or whatever. Like, it's okay. in my yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. it's done, whatever. And then I take the clindamycin wipe, mm -hmm. 
which is the real kicker now. And then that one I really freaked out about or feel freaked out about because I can, yeah, it feels stingy to me. It smells like alcohol or whatever, whatever, wipe it down. Then for sure, wash the fingers there. I could see how your regimen requires that. Okay, now I see. Actually, I don't. I think you need to simplify. (laughs) Well, then sometimes when I'm in a rush, I'm like, I got to put the last one on, the A one on, and then I got to put the sunscreen on. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, frick, I got to do this quickly. What do I do? And then I'm like... So let's combine the first three steps. First of all, we'll eliminate step one, which is the Cetaphil. Okay. Cut it completely. (laughs) Okay. Saves one finger. Then use the Panoxyl wash, dry your face, and apply the clindamycin right away. Okay. So combine the three okay. in one. So it doesn't need to air dry. Correct. Okay. Because the well, panoxyl yeah. is a wash. So you wash, rinse, Dried, dry, done. done. Next. And then I put, I'll put the A1 on. That Back one zone. feels heavier, so I like give it some time. Yeah. And then I put the sunscreen on after that. And then I start my work day. Perfect. Look at you. I don't know. And then pop my pill during lunch because I'm really just about that. Except now I'm weaning off of it. So it's every other day on Fantastic. odd days of the week now. So I can remember or odd days. And that's an antibiotic. Yes. For the acne. Yes. yes. So for acne, you should be on an antibiotic uh, not more than, you know, three to six months. If it failed or it doesn't work for you, you need to go on Accutane. Okay. You should not be on an antibiotic long term. Mm -hmm. It's either working or it's not working. Don't wait too long. Otherwise, you'll get acne scars. Then... So I live my day. Now it is five o'clock. I'm about to go on a run. So what do I do? Your mother gave me this awesome. I like hate. This is a part of the reason why I wash my hands a bunch. I hate sticky fingers. Like I Mm -hmm. too much. It's like a thing that I have. So she gave me this like it's like a stick of deodorant Mm -hmm. and how it's formed like shaped or whatever. But it's sunscreen Mm -hmm. and that's the one that makes me look like a ghost. And I wear it religiously. So I go put on like my tribal stuff. (laughs) Put my hat on because I'm running. Go run look ridiculous it's fine come home shower whatever and then i put something else on at night but that's like right before i go to bed and i also have no idea what it is it's probably your retinol yes oh it starts with t it's that Tret- retinol. No, it's yes. a retinol there it is that's yeah. the one okay i have a She's lot of that right one, track. So that's good <laughs> yeah you are impressive i would not be able to keep up every day i do this yeah for the last four months that explains your results yeah i think it worked well because it was paired with the half training so it was like it was a very meticulous time so all of anna's friends listening all you need is 10 products (laughs) well that's why i think seven months i tell people that too i'm like well really though the crux of it in my mind is like just do the right thing because i'm in my mind you know once all this like i'm probably not gonna take the pill forever or whatever Mm -hmm. so what do i need to keep doing wash my face probably put that stuff on at night and sunscreen religiously well yeah and if you if you don't struggle with acne you can remove three of those things that you do correct so if you're listening and you don't struggle with acne don't get overwhelmed yeah this is for someone who struggles with acne and sun damage and you know that's what i'm saying like i was in a corrective phase but i'm thinking long term it would just be the A, the T, and the sunscreen. <laughs> That's what I do. I do yeah. the sunscreen, the ac zone for occasional acne, and then I do the retinol, tretinoin. Oh, so the ac zone and the clindamycin are for acne. Oh, that makes my life and easy. And the benzol. I don't have the, the oh, penoxyl. The one in the morning. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, let's do just a quick minute on uh, other cosmetics. Is there any lasers or things that you recommend for anyone with serious damage or who wants like cosmetic fixes because I know we do lasers in the office and in case anyone's interested and wants to come in. Yeah. I mean, there are energy devices for most of the problems that we have. There are lasers for red veins, for brown spots. Uh, we have uh, radio frequency devices to tighten the skin, to increase collagen production, to help with the dark circles under the eyes. All of them help with fine lines and wrinkles and dispigmentation. So we have energy devices for most of the problems that we have. 
-hmm. of course laser hair removals and uh, i mentioned veins and cherry angiomas and things like that yeah what's your favorite procedure to do the most gratifying procedure is the ipl laser for brown spots mm -hmm. where in one sitting you can remove about 80 percent of somebody's brown spots and those are from sun damage right? from sun damage yeah they wow. they get dark they peel off in two weeks they come off and it's just a very quick satisfying uh, procedure Mm -hmm. Okay, and what's the most revolutionary in terms of like, what's a, something that came up over the last few years that you're just like, wow, this is amazing. I What comes to mind for me is the Morpheus. I don't yes. know how long that's been around, yeah. but what is that and do you recommend it? Absolutely. So uh, Morpheus is a radiofrequency microneedling device, which can be used on people of any color, unlike many of the lasers, which cannot be used in people that are slightly dark or African-American, for example. So the Morpheus being a radiofrequency energy type of device is colorblind. So everybody can use it and it's used for collagen building Uh, skin tightening, non-surgical facelift, along with, uh, we can use it on the arms to relieve that floppy arm. <laughs> uh, we use it on uh, abdomens for stretch marks, cellulite, uh, really any blemish that you want to correct can be uh, improved with Morpheus. So that's fantastic. And speaking of uh, stretch marks, that was one of the questions. Is there any fix to that? Or is it only like with these energy devices that you see the best results? It's mostly with energy devices, mm -hmm. because the the stretch mark is a scar. So the tissue has ripped and has healed back inappropriately. So now we want with energy devices such as Morpheus uh, microneedling, we want to re-injure the tissue to give your body a chance to heal better. Mm -hmm. So we go in with the needles, we give you the energy, cause a controlled wound, and now your normal ability of healing comes in and you re-heal the scar in a better way. And is there any way to prevent stretch marks or Most, is it genetic? Mostly no. Yeah. Unfortunate. It's genetic and it has to do with how much weight you gain and how lucky you are. But mostly you cannot prevent them. I'm confused. So the thing that does the arm flab is the same thing that can heal scars correct you can use this device anywhere on the body so most frequently we use it on the face but let's say you have a problem area and you have a floppy skin on the bottom of your arm we can use it there let's say you have a, a scar from a surgery on your abdomen we can use it there but so okay so i get the scar like mm -hmm. you re-break it you control its growth back correctly and you, you shrink it in the process that's the how shrinkage so that's what yeah the that's the shrinking it, so okay. that's how you get a non-surgical facelift got it okay and as, then the smaller arms as the wound heals it tightens okay so the the face will be tighter the arm will be tighter the stretch mark will be tighter Mm -hmm. And this is radio frequency. Correct. That's the, so it's that's the, the same. Energy. It's the same idea as a regular microneedling, except this is a device that also delivers energy, Correct. which the regular so one doesn't. Microneedling are just needles mechanical. going in mechanical yeah. uh, injury. This is a coupled uh, therapy. So it's mechanical injury plus an energy. Additionally, it goes deeper. So with microneedling, which we did yesterday, you can go to, let's say, two millimeters in depth. With Morpheus, you can go up to seven or eight. Wow. Because there's no mechanicals, you're not worried about picking the dermis. No, there blood. is no, mechanical. No, it's, it's just a more powerful oh. machine. So when you have 
a, a very bad surgical scar from a C-section, for example, on the abdomen, you really want to go to the eight millimeters so that you can really remodel nice and deep mm-hmm. and also burn some fat in the process. So the energy is still ahead of needles, a bunch of needles, but the energy gets delivered through each needle, which is the coolest thing ever. So you're still yeah. mechanically yeah, yeah. poking, you know. Yeah. Interesting. But depending on where you do it on your body, obviously you wouldn't use the eight millimeter on your face because you don't have enough tissue. But if, if you're on your stomach or your legs, you go deeper. Which... But never getting to the dermis, right? It's my guess. Like you're oh, always you're getting past the dermis. So how do you not bleed? You do bleed. <laughs> oh. You bleed and it's a long recovery. Okay. Yeah. It's well, like a... I would say like it's like a three day recovery. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you do have redness and pinpoint bleeding and you okay. have some swelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting to me that energy can be both harmful and mm-hmm. not right. like in benefit, like in the solution, like nuclear power. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's just like in the right hands or in a right. controlled environment. But Correct. it's like stay away from the sun, which is energy, and it's also like, but also direct energy, exactly where you want it, is good too. Right. Anything in life can be good or bad depending on how you use it. This is true. Like salt. <laughs> exactly. So where can people find you? And are you open to telehealth? What's the vibe? Yes. Yeah, so we are, in, <laughs> we are in South Florida, Hollywood, Florida. Uh, our website is Imperial Dermatology. Our Instagram is Imperial Dermatology as well. We can do telehealth visits uh, for problems that don't have to be seen in person. The caveat being if you have a mole that's funky or a skin cancer that needs to be seen in person, uh, that doesn't qualify. But for most other things, we could do a telehealth visit to establish care. Mm-hmm. Like acne or mm-hmm. any other... Psoriasis, uh, eczema, mm-hmm. uh, rashes for the most part. Is that a post-COVID thing or is that pre- it's a pre, but made better with COVID. Yay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So any closing words? Any final words of wisdom? I would say my general advice when it comes to medicine is find a handful of doctors that you like and trust and stick with them. Even if something doesn't work when they give you advice or a treatment, if it doesn't work, instead of hopping around and shopping for other opinions, go back, talk to them. Because once your doctor knows you, they can prescribe a more tailored treatment to you. Find a couple that you like and trust and actually follow their advice. Mm. I think that's the the follow through, I think, is the lacking. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a dentist that I like and it's fresh ink. I am hopping around because I haven't found somebody that Mm -hmm. I like. So once I find somebody, I'm looking forward to sticking with them. and Mm -hmm. And I tell all my patients, if you have any problem with the medication or you think you have a side effect, instead of stopping the medication, just call me. Let me know. Let me guide you through it. Send me a picture if you think you're having a reaction because together we can make a better decision than you will on your own. Mm -hmm. That makes you a a rare good doctor, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we get calls all the time. Oh, I have this reaction. I think my wound is infected. Send me an email right away. I look at it. I call you back and I give you either reassurance or antibiotic or I bring you in. Mm -hmm. But we have an immediate actionable step. This, we saw this TikTok the other day. It was like, wow, I'm so surprised that my acne patient who came in 30 days later still had acne after not doing anything that yeah. I recommended. <laughs> but like, that's what okay. I thought about you, though, when you're like, it's so hard to do the thing that my mom told me to do. And yeah. I'm like, then you, like, you paid to go talk to someone to give you advice and the people just don't do it. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's a human nature thing. We just yeah. the cost is yeah. like worth it for me where I'm like I pay for it gotta do it <laughs> yeah for anything not just this but like in the words of Anna I'll just do it just do it yeah it's also about learning a new habit yeah. which we know is hard and it yeah. takes a month or two to build a new habit so just to clear the confusion the tretinoin should be the first 
layer to go on on clean skin after you wash your face at night. And that's a retinol. That's the retinol. Mm -hmm. So medications first, then expensive serums, then creams, then sunscreen. So sunscreen goes on last, medications go on first, and then expensive serums second. In between. (laughs) Yes. Which... We can give or take. We can right. take or leave the expensive serums right. most of the time. Right. Yeah. But the medications first. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people will be very appreciative of this. Yeah. I'll yeah. have her uh, information linked in the show notes and you guys know her Instagram. So yeah. shoot me a DM if you have a question. Yeah. She responds to all of her DMs and she's very friendly. So Hi to me. <laughs> I'm all a right. converter. So I've been converted. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Bye.